Hi, this is PJ from Nurses at Work. And this evening I have Phil. I'm just going to say Phil because he's going to introduce himself. Uh, I've always admired uh, Phil and what he does. Um, so Phil, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us what you do and uh, your occupation. Okay. My name is Philip Rushing and I am the Director of Rehab Operations. I kind of oversee uh, uh, the daily operations of physical therapy at the hospital, okay. uh, skilled nursing facilities, and an outpatient clinic. Oh, great. So let me ask you a question. What sort of issues or what is the main issue that you come across on the floor with the nurses and, and your team? Well, I think uh, the, probably some of the issues that we come up with is trying to uh, take an IDT approach to okay. the patient care okay. and letting our therapists know uh, basically what uh, nursings are dealing with as well as understanding uh, the complications that nurses have with a particular patient okay. and also um, try to get the nursing to understand from our perspective of uh, what we're trying to do and seeing if we can't collaborate uh, with our right. approach. Right. And you know, that's one of the reasons, and I've said that in previous episodes, the reason why I wanted to do this podcast is because of taking that interdisciplinary approach. Because on the floor, the nurses, you know, we're only, of course, concerned about what we do as far as patients into care. And of course, we don't have, we have no idea about the other departments. But I know when I was on the floor, I was one of those nosy nurses. So it was different. Every department, they knew who I was because I just felt that that was one of the best ways and to further uh, make sure that patient centered care is being practiced. Um, I know that one of the major issues being on the, on the floor is that making sure that before patients go to therapy, that they get their pain medications. And it was interesting because there was always an issue with not having the schedule for physical therapy or if they just needed, um, you know, ROM, that sort of thing. So uh, what are your thoughts or views about that uh, as far as scheduling and, you know, once again, trying to have that communication with the nurses on the floor? Yeah, well, that uh, it's a very good point. It is always a very difficult uh, uh, problem because we also when we look at scheduling, scheduling is a great idea. Mm -hmm. uh, scheduling right. only works maybe 50% of the time because right. there's other complications right. with patients other than uh, getting their medications exactly. and uh, making sure that they are uh, with dialysis or other things and we're trying to fit them in sometimes a small little slot exactly and so that makes that's the difficulty yeah and and that's and i totally agree uh as far as that goes because like i said and it wasn't just at one facility but i know that at other facilities that was also the the biggest issue is to, to find out okay well when are they coming you know what's the schedule so we can make sure that that patient is, is prepped and right. knowing um you know to get their pain management because it works right. it works just you know you know, giving them pain medicine 30 minutes prior before they go into their physical therapy, it, it, it really, it, it's amazing. Um, also, I wanted uh, to touch bases. Uh, I know that you'd also have another team when it comes to transferring patients and making sure that they know, um, you know, and they are the teachings on the floor for your team. Um, what are your views as far as having your team when it comes to transferring patients and also 
knowing their limits. And the reason why I say that is because I was talking to someone who's in physical therapy and there was a patient that needed to get out of bed. They need to, you know, go from the bed to the wheelchair. And the nurse basically was like, oh, okay, you know, hey, physical therapy, they're here, the team is here, and they could be able to take care of that. You know, because I know I've seen, which I don't think is fair. That's just my opinion. Um, I think it's just a, it's an effort that should be, you know, done together on both teams. But I have witnessed and seen, you know, nurses just leaving everything up to the physical therapy people to do, even if that means to go get a bedpan, and that's not cool. So, what are your views, or have you experienced, you know, yeah. any of your teams saying that? No, absolutely, that does happen, and sometimes it's uh, due to uh, a lack of understanding about transfers or proper transfers may be secondary to uh, precautions that the patient may have, Mm -hmm. or it may be um, mod max assist that they don't feel comfortable doing. We totally understand that. Uh, But what we want to do is we also want to train them to properly do it because we want that patient up out of bed more than just the one or two times per day that we're seeing them. So we want to look and that is that ID team approach because uh, we want them out of bed as much as possible. We can't always just come back and get the patient up out of bed. Uh, But we also want them to learn as well the proper techniques because one, we want to keep the patient safe, but we also want to keep the nurses safe as well. We don't want them injured, so. Exactly, yes, I totally agree. Um, I, you know, for one, have always, when I was on the floor, to try to make sure that that approach when it comes to transfer, it was really important. And I was just there to assist physical therapy. I'm just a nosy nurse. I, you know, anyone that's coming into, uh, that's part of the patient care, I want to be there, I want to know about it. And uh, and I also want to know, you know, how are they doing? Because, you know, sometimes you have some patients, they refuse therapy. And I always say, hey, you know, therapy is medicine as well, you know, and I want to know why you refuse it, uh, therapy, because just like you, if you refuse any sort of medication, you know, I want to know the reasons behind that. And if they're refusing too much, then that's something that, once again, uh, we need to definitely make sure the doctors involved, families and that sort of thing, um, on why uh, anything to uh, prohibit their wellness of care. Um, I also uh, wanted to talk to you regarding equipment. Um, and, and, and I'm just, you know, sometimes I, I know that every facility is different. I've been in facilities where I've seen them when, when it comes to the equipment, like the Hoarder Lift, uh, you know, some of them may have other technologies, you know, when it comes to devices that's much more advanced, that also helps with care. What are your views when it comes to equipment? How important it is to have that in the facility, as well as to educate not only, you know, your team, but nurses as well, because I think nurses as well, they need to know how to use the Hoarder Lift. They need to know any other devices, whatever, uh, to once again make sure that that patient is safe and, and, and you know, and that's being provided. <laughs> Your phone. I love that. <laughs> Uh, well, there are definitely some equipment that is, is needed, and you mentioned the Hoyer Lift. That is a, a device that uh, we do count on, uh, especially if patients are just unable to transfer bear right. any type of weight whatsoever, and they're unable to use any other mechanisms such as a slide board, but we do need, do need them out of bed. Okay. Uh, so that is uh, a device to move them from a bed to a wheelchair or to a neurochair, right. or some uh, some type of device to get them out of bed. 
we love that. It's not so much an exercise device. However, it's it's definitely needed. Uh, there, there's two different schools on, okay. on some of this stuff. There are a lot of people that uh, in the therapy side that, that like the high-end type of exercise equipment. Right. And then you have those that are just truly hands-on. That right, want right. their exercises to be done based on the patient getting up, bearing weight, exactly. watching their posture, all of those kind of things. So I think that there are some specialty devices, and uh, I'll, I'll use the light gate. For right. example, so we're trying to get a patient that uh, get get them back on his feet that okay. could not tolerate to stand up on their own. Maybe right. they're, um, let's say, a bariatric type patient right. that right. cannot bear weight, wouldn't be safe to. But you put them in a life gate. Now they're er, uh, able to bear a certain amount of weight. Okay. That is very important to right, do. Right. Uh, those type of devices are very, very useful. Okay. And you could probably go on and on with different things and different right. uh, uh complex patients that would need certain things that would aid us. Uh, but uh, all in all, I think that, uh, like I said, there's two schools. There's going to be exactly. some patients or some therapists that just really love the hands-on. Let's just uh, get them to the edge of the bed or edge of the right. wheelchair. Let's get them as bare as much weight there. And uh, I got one therapist here that uh, is NDT certified that just loves the hands-on. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah. you know, uh, I think it is important. Uh, exactly. I think every case is different. Right. Uh, there are some complex cases that certain equipment is definitely needed. Okay. Okay, alrighty. Um, uh, the next uh, question that I want to ask you is regarding documentation. And I know because I'm familiar with quite a few softwares, um, and I know that documentation for nurses is interesting because I'm going to be very honest with you. Um, when you have or dealing with two different softwares, say for instance, you may have your physical uh, department there on one software and then another that's on a different software um, sometimes this can be very difficult um, we as nurses I know we may have a lot on our plate but it is very helpful when you do have one software where you can quickly access notes of documentation from the PTOT team uh, because that way you have an idea as far as care is concerned um, which you know at one facility I'm experiencing that and I see that it makes a major difference yeah, yeah. Uh, opposed to if there's a, a you know another software that you're using where you um, are not paying attention to documentation if you have to go get it somewhere else and one thing about nurses when we're on the floor is interesting because if it's not within our reach or where we can be able to see it in the software that's helpful we're not gonna really pay attention to that when really, uh, I'm going to be honest with you, some of us, I'm going to say some, I won't speak for all, but it's really hard uh, to pay attention to documentation and, you know, having the type of software where you see everything and can be able to manage uh, that patient's care and knowing what's going on is really helpful. Uh, what are your views on that? Well, it's a very interesting uh, topic. Uh, there's a lot to be said with it because uh, uh, we all, uh, there's a lot of different software out there. Some of our software will interface with uh, the mm -hmm. facility software, uh, but it's it, it tends to be more complex and more difficult for them to get to the root of right. uh, the documentation. Uh, so it is a very important issue. And even in the documentation, if we're talking about how good is the documentation, exactly. not just the software. Exactly. Uh, it is, it, again, you get a wide spectrum of exactly. uh, therapists that some will write beautiful notes. 
Uh, they'll really get to the key issues. Mm -hmm. They're uh, very pithy and they oh, get yes. to the mm -hmm. point. Uh, there's some that feel like the more writing, the better, and it, right. it overcomplicates things and clouds <laughs> exactly. things. Exactly. And there's some that just say the bare minimum and right. it doesn't give enough and detail. Enough to, I know, right. So uh, it, it's all over the board. Uh, there's a couple of things with that. We try to do some documentation education and really getting to the heart of the matter and what we're addressing, what we've done, and as far as the treatment plans and the treatment right. goals, if we really get to that point exactly. and deal with that, it tends to, to work out very well. Mm -hmm. uh, on top of all of that, though, is I think the secondary part of that is really communicating with the nurse outside of documentation. Exactly, exactly. So we like to, and I, I when we do orientation, I really talk to the therapist, mm -hmm. you know, talk to the nurse prior to going in. There may be something that we didn't see in the notes right, or maybe right. wasn't written yet right. that maybe we need to hold that patient but if it's possible and it's not always possible but right. when it's possible talk to the nurse and even after the treatment talk to the nurse let them right. know how the patient did how they interacted with you uh, and give that kind of uh, feedback and uh, I think it gives a, a holistic approach to exactly. what's going on exactly and I love their word holistic approach and that is definitely something that um, we all should, all departments should practice because once again, uh, patient-centered care is, is the goal here. Um, I would like for you to educate uh, our audience uh, in regarding the difference between physical therapy and occupational therapy because I think a lot of nurses are not familiar with that and like I say my whole uh, you know what I'm my whole goal is once again to try to make sure that nurses on the floor are educated and knowing the difference mm -hmm. between physical therapy and occupational therapy uh, can you please shed light and educate our audience on that yeah well uh, those lines can get blurred a little bit and sometimes they're a little <laughs> yes. uh, difficult for nursing to understand that and even sometimes with different physical therapists and occupational mm -hmm. therapists sometimes they cross over which is perfectly fine but uh, I'll try to make it as simple as possible with physical therapy uh, their their uh, focus is typically going to be uh, where I would say uh, ambulation transfers um, strengthening right. in the lower extremity the back the neck right. uh, Occupational therapy sees upper extremities, elbows, hands, right. uh, activities of daily living uh, as far as hygiene, mm -hmm. um, okay. uh, feeding, self-feeding issues. Uh, they also work on seating and positioning. They work on hand splints mm -hmm. and different things like that. That is over oversimplified, honestly. Okay. So to try to say it there, there uh, is more detailed information and if I can go into that uh, just briefly where I hope I don't complicate it but uh, uh, <laughs> with physical therapists uh, they are going to really uh, look at uh, getting that patient functional as far as okay. uh, standing from uh, our standing from a sitting position, sitting from a lying position. Gotcha. Uh, if they're in the hospital, there's such a wide range yeah. of diagnoses that we're gonna go mm -hmm. over. Yeah. So it could be if it is an orthopedic uh, right. issue where it's mm -hmm. a knee replacement, mm -hmm. uh, obviously they're gonna work on strengthening, range of motion, uh, normalized gait patterns. Right. Uh, the uh, occupational therapist with that same patient mm -hmm. is going to work on how they can uh, maneuver maybe 
in, in a kitchen arena right. to how they can better do that in the bathroom setting, how exactly. they're going to be able to stay safe in that. Uh, sometimes even uh, occupational therapy is going to work on the, the cognitive part of it. Right. So if there's issues there with uh, medication dispensing mm -hmm. at their homes, getting right. them prepared for that kind right. of stuff. So it is kind of all over the board. I think I was all over the board <laughs> on that. Uh, but uh, there's there are some kind of distinct lines in it. And uh -huh. if we were to talk outpatient, it would be simple. Uh, know, but in right? the acute care setting, uh, those lines kind of cross over. And right. we want them to cross over. Okay, uh, so, and sometimes the, the occupational therapist is and the physical therapist will work together. They'll do a co-treat on, on a particular patient, mm -hmm. working on two different things at the right. same time. So well, That's great. Well, Phil, I just wanted to let you know, you're, I've always respected you, and you have always been passionate, because you're a passionate person in, in what you do, and in your expertise, and you're just full of information, and you've always, uh, I've seen you on the floor, and you've always liked to educate and make sure that you interact with other nurses on the floor and also other departments as well and once again like I say that IDT or interdisciplinary approach uh, it's, it's just so important so um, unless you have anything else to share with our audience do you want to leave any um, once again any info or educate our nurses about or anything else? Well, I want to thank you, PJ, for this opportunity. Yeah. I think the same of you. I think you're awesome. Wow, you. uh, what I'd like to say with all of that and one of our slogans for uh, uh, our uh, physical therapy department mm -hmm. is uh, professionalism with compassion, right. excellence with compassion. And uh, anytime that we have that, uh, that compassion mixed with any of our other expertise, it is a great mix. Yes, and without yes. it, uh, I think we lose sight sometimes of uh, what our end goals are. And so uh, I encourage us all to have an extra dose of compassion. Exactly. I know. And I know I'll probably be talking to you in the future, too, on some exciting things okay. and everything. So this just doesn't end here. Okay. okay. So once again, audience, thank you so much for um being part of this episode. Uh, until next time, you have a fantastic evening. Thank you, Bill. Desperado, why don't you come to your senses? You've been out riding fences for so things that are pleasing you and hurt you so much don't you die